Welcome to another episode of the AbilityNet podcast. Disability, technology, inclusion. I'm your host, Robin Christofferson, Head of Digital Inclusion at AbilityNet, a pioneering UK charity with a mission to make a digital world accessible to all. Join me on this series to revisit key themes from TechShare Pro 2022, a place where accessibility professionals and allies gather once a year to share and learn together. You can download a transcript of this episode from www.abilitynet.org.uk slash podcast. So sit back, grab your favorite beverage and let's get started. We are back. Hi, guys. Another AbilityNet podcast. I'm with Mark again. Hi, Mark. Hi, Robin. How you doing? Really good. Thank you. So it's about access to work this time. Now, not everyone might know what access to work is. So do you want to give us a quick potted summary? Well, uh, this is interesting for us, I think, because access to work is one of those mechanics through which um, disabled people are, are, are given support in, in the workplace. And it's a government fund. And it's a pot. Um, it's a UK government fund. I know we'll have international listeners here, and, and and it's not something that's particularly replicated in other in other parts of the world. There are some parts of the world that have something similar, but because um, employers may need additional support for particular employees, uh, they can use the Access to Work fund um, to support the employees. So you can claim for taxi journeys should it be necessary for you to use a taxi to get to get to and from work or to 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 where you're working. That's a simple example. Um, anybody who is uh, disabled and is and is familiar with access to work knows how important it is in their day to day ability to be you know participating and productive in the workplace. And I think what's really interesting with access to work is if you've never heard of it, then it's one of those things you don't know that you don't know. Um, it's a classic sort of gap filler for people who are thinking, well, I can't employ disabled people. I wouldn't know what to do. Well, access to work is sitting in that gap, saying, well, here's some support, here's some resources, here's some funds. Um, that the government provides. The empl- it's not the employer, it's not the employee. Um, I mean, so I'm guessing, uh, Robin, that you've had experience of access to work uh, in various Absolutely. ways over the years. And- yeah, I qualify, I uh, use access to work for the odd bit of support to help me, you know, create better visual presentations to deal with paperwork where that's still a thing. So yeah, absolutely. Now this is Addy, isn't it? Um, Addy yeah. Latif, a brilliant colleague of ours, talking to Ian Milton and Ian Milton and Debbie Bradford, both are at DWP, the Department of Work and Pensions, and talking about kind of what access to work is and kind of latest development. So should we give it a go? Hi, I'm Adi Latif, and in this session, we are going to be talking about a service called Access to Work. Um, Here we have with us on this session, um, Ian Milton and Debbie Bradford from the Department for Work and Pensions. Hi, guys. Welcome to the session. Hi, Adi. It's great to have you here, and it'll be great to hear um, some information about access to work. Before we jump into that, my personal experience with access to work is been amazing. It's a service that I hold very 
dearly to close to my heart. Um, for all of my working life, I've been tapping into access to work to help me level the playing field. I'm blind and I face a very number of challenges in the workplace. When I first started working, Back in 2005, the workplace wasn't that accessible. So Access to Work helped me um, fund um, a screen reader, which reads the computer screen to me. But they also helped pay for programmers to make my screen reader work better with the inaccessible software that was present in the place I worked at. Um, Access to Work isn't amazing all the time. And many disabled people might have some nightmare stories um, about access to work. However, it's got better and better as the years have gone on. And I'm really excited to have Ian and Debbie with us today to tell us a little bit more about the service. Um, hi guys, so can you just start off and just by letting us know what access to work is, if that's okay? Yeah, no, absolutely. So access to work is a scheme, like you say, uh, for people with disabilities and health conditions who are either starting, returning to work, and they they may need some extra support to enable them within the workplace to overcome those challenges they may face that someone um, who doesn't share the same condition as them may, may face. So an access to work can, if you don't know what support that you need, Access to Work can actually help you there by giving you an assessment that Access to Work will fund 100%, and that can be done in the workplace or virtually, dependent on your job. But actually, that assessment provides recommendations on the different types of support to help you within the workplace. And of course, once that's all taken place, the Access to Work grant is made available up to I think it's uh, £65,180 per year um, for those in-work support needs. So there's a real wide um, type of support that Access to Work can assist with, but generally it, it's there to help and support you in the workplace. Amazing. And can you um, maybe just, uh, I guess, just to confirm uh, any person who has a disability and is in the workplace can access the support. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. As long as long as they're over 16 years of age, they're living in what we call Great Britain. So that includes Scotland, Wales and England. And they're about to start work or they're in paid employment, but they can also be self-employed, uh, running a business, freelance or a contractor, but also they could be an apprentice or on a supported internship, traineeship and so on. So there, there are quite a broad eligibility criteria for people to be able to access the scheme. Right. And what um, what would be useful, uh, Ian, is to, to know what, what type of help do people get through Access to Work typically? Um, just be nice to hear some of the, the types of help people access. Yeah. So... Um, one, one of the key things that we normally provide is specialist aids and equipment. So that can be things like you mentioned earlier, um, screen readers. Um, it can be scripting, I think it was you mentioned, um, to enable that to work better. It can be chairs. It can be filters. There can be a whole range of things. But additionally, access to work can also provide support workers, such as job coaches, 
to enable you to learn the job and obviously overcome some of the barriers. Um, it can be a British Sign Language interpreter to help with communication, but also it can be a job aid, um, where a job aid is someone that's enabling you within the workplace to do activities that you may not necessarily um, be able to do without that type of support. And Access to Work does fund those. Um, there are other types of support available from Access to Work, such as assistance in traveling to and from work, where you can't necessarily use public transport or drive yourself because of barriers in relation to accessibility. But actually, Access to Work uh, can also provide communication support at interview for individuals who can't express themselves um, clearly in that process, but also in sign language interpreting to really help people overcome those barriers in that initial step that's really important in moving into employment. Uh, so access to work can provide some sort of pre-employment support as well. I wasn't I wasn't aware of that. How how far does that extend? So at the moment, um, it is mainly that communication support at interview, but on some DWP programs um, where someone's doing an in-work element, then access to work can provide some support that isn't available from the provider, such as uh, work and health program is already providing. But we, we do have some vocational programs across government um, that are, I think I might have mentioned before, but they're also available for the in-work strands, so supported internship, traineeships, apprenticeships, but also access to work funding can be available where someone is doing work experience and that's for up to eight weeks per year it doesn't have to be eight weeks in one go it can be uh four periods of two weeks for example as long as in a 12-month period it doesn't exceed eight weeks that funding is available for the work experience and that's the same as other access to work funding uh, it's just for a shorter period of time uh, for the work experience. That's amazing. That sounds really, really powerful. I wasn't um, wasn't aware of that. That that's great. Um, and how um, how does someone like an employer if if they've got someone disabled working for them, or the the just employed someone disabled, or they're thinking about having you know more disabled people work for them? How much commitment financially then? does the employer have to um, put down or how do you figure out if the employer needs to pay for something or if access to work needs to pay for something? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. That's very, very complicated. So I'm definitely going to oh, let okay. <laughs> You've got one minute. No. <laughs> so th this does get really complicated because the system, as, as you probably know from your own experience, it isn't always straightforward but I'm gonna try and make this as simple as I can. Um, so if someone's been in work for more than six weeks, when they apply for access to work, the employer may be required to make a contribution towards the cost of that support. Now, normally that's specialist aids and equipment, um, things like support workers and other elements of access to work are, are ruled out, but there, there are some, just getting to minute detail but we'll keep it high level for the minute um but there's a threshold for medium employers it's 500 pounds and large employers it's a thousand pounds 
So that's the first part. And then beyond that, 20% of the remaining costs, the access to, sorry, the employer uh, will contribute towards. But the access work case managers are very well skilled in this area to talk to employers about it and they'll support them through they've got a information sheet to give to employers to help them as well so there are there are needs in certain circumstances for employers to have a contribution um but we tend to talk about them on a case-by-case basis because it really does vary depending on the type of support you're receiving yeah, and, and that calculation that Ian was discussing there is based on the number of staff the employer has. So obviously for the small and micro employers, I think that's 0 to 50, um, there is no contribution required at all. And then anything between 50 and 250 is the medium-sized employer, which is the £500 initial contribution. And anything over five hundred is the thousand pound contribution. Okay, and and it is kind of based also on a case by case basis, as yeah. Ian was saying. Okay, that's that, that's great. Um, how how does one um, so how do how does one get the ball rolling with access to work? Then what's the process of of uh, applying for it? So to apply for access to work, um, there's a number of ways. Our main way that we would suggest is by visiting the gov.uk page, um, type in access to work into any search engine, or just go to gov.uk forward slash access hyphen to hyphen work. Um, quite a mouthful. But if, if you go to that address, it's available 24 seven, and that is the easiest way to apply for access to work. Can you do it using mobile phones, tablets, desktop computers. It's been designed with disabled people for them to make sure that it does work. Um, The other ways are via the Access to Work helpline, and that is on, um, that is by phone. You can use video relay service um, if your first language is, say, British Sign Language. Um, But also we have a text phone service as well. That's normally open between the hours of nine and five, Monday to Friday. Um, and can be contacted on 0800 121 7479. And there are two key main routes to come into Access to Work and apply. But like I say, the online application takes all of the information, is available 24-7. I recommend that as the best route to come into Access to Work and apply. Fantastic, Ian. And I guess just for people watching, um, just to get into some practical examples. So, like I said, I um I use access to work, um, on on the ground. So I've had funding for things like a screen reader. I've had funding for support workers at times. So as a blind person, I need a set of eyes at times. If I'm creating a PowerPoint presentation, you know, I need someone to say, "Oh, Adi, that looks really ugly," or you know, "There's something wrong with your writing there. That's a bit off centered." All that kind of stuff. So I get help at times. Um, through a support worker um, to get to the office. Um, I got some funding um, for a little while for travel to work. Um, So I would get an Uber to the office and all that would be um, covered by access to work. Can you just walk us through what the the sort of back end of all that is, what the process is to to get that money? What what kind of levels of admin is is involved with that? Just just to give people an insight to that. 
So. <laughs> <laughs> Ian can chip in if I get this wrong. It's quite a complex system for access to work. So you will submit your application. It will then be looked at for a caseworker will be allocated your application. Now, if you know what support you need, then that support can be put in place straight away. But if you don't know what support you need, then your application will be sent to one of our holistic assessors who will come out and see you in the workplace, or you can do that virtually. The assessor will assess what needs you need, talk to you, talk to your employer and make recommendations, which will then go back to the access to work caseworker, who will then use those recommendations to put the award in place. Um, once that is done, you will be notified of the amount of funding that has been agreed and what it's for. And then you can apply to get that funding either in one lump sum if it is for a piece of equipment or on a monthly basis if it is for ongoing support. Amazing, Debbie, that's fantastic. And that funding, just, just to clarify, that doesn't come into my bank, that sits with Access to Work and I chip, chip away at it every time I submit a form, is that right? That's how it works? Correct, yeah. Okay. Lovely. And those forms, I, I mentioned that, you know, I've had some struggles with access to work. Those forms in the past were always paper based, you know, I had to fill out forms, I had to sign them physically and, and then post them back. And, and that was very challenging for me as a blind person to do that. And for, for, for many other people that I, that I know had the similar struggles. But since the pandemic, one of the kind of upsides um, I've found is it's moved um, more digital so now you can submit things electronically can you just confirm is that is that going to stay <laughs> or are we going to go back to um um the paper um system again well we have some exciting news on that one <laughs> yeah so oh. to give you an up-to-date report on that so some fantastic news and this has been kind of a positive that's come from the pandemic for us is it's given us the opportunity to push forward with something we've been talking about for years in moving access to work payments online so really really positively we're in the process at the moment of testing an online claims portal which what that means is that access to work customers will have a place that they can go to i'm assuming it's going to be on gov.uk because that's where we normally build everything um, but it will be linked to your access to work account that only you will have access to you can submit your claims online including your receipts so there's no need for paper and you can tell us who your employer is or sorry you can tell us who you know you get the person to sign your claims at the moment to confirm the support you've received. Yeah, so that that's just to confirm that. Yes, Addy, you did take the taxi to work today. And yes, Addy, you've had the support worker work for you for five hours this week. It's usually Absolutely. the manager or some someone in the organisation. Yes. Absolutely. We're actually even taking that to an electronic, off, I'm going to say authentication, but ultimately what's happening is the employer will get an email once you've, or whoever you've told us, once you've clicked submit on your payment, once they get that email to click on a one-time link to say, yes, Addy was doing this on this date, comes back into our system and then it's paid. 
So amazing. Oh my god. So it's been something we've been <laughs> waiting for for so long. And I know it's so frustrating for our customers um, because paper is so outdated and the technology is there. It's just been difficult to get it in. But like I say, the pandemic has been so helpful for us in that. So we are testing that at the moment. That started at the back end of September. We're hoping to conclude by November and review it in December so that in the new year, we can aim to roll that out to all access to work customers. Haven't got a date in the new year, but our digital teams are telling us the new year is when they're looking to do it. So it's not that far away. And it's I hope it's fantastic news for, for you and everyone else who comes to access to work. That is incredible. Just as an audio description, I've got a big, massive smile on my face. Um, and I guess that brings me on to my, my next point. And I had a little chat before we started um, today. You know, we were talking about um, there's quite a backlog and and, um, and, I, and and I guess there's various reasons. And it'd be nice for you to just maybe to share that with us, the, the, the backlog. But I'm guessing this move to digital will help you know, to, to reduce the backlog. But can you just tell us a little bit about this backlog just to help people manage their expectations? Yeah, so you're, you're absolutely right. We've got a massive digital transformation program going on. So at the moment, we've got the front end digitalized so you can apply online and we've got the back end hopefully digitalized, which means payments will come through. But it's the middle chunk that is currently also being transformed and is taking some time. And that's causing some of the problems with delay. But what we have seen is obviously with the pandemic, uh, we introduced a new offer for disabled people, which reacted to the situation people were in, and it's for hybrid working. So what this means is that you can have support in the office, in the workplace, and also at home. So this is something new, and I think we've seen a lot of people take up this offer recently. And also, one of the main criticisms we get about access to work is it's the government's best kept secret. Well, we've started to unlock that secret and we've been doing an awful lot of promotion work and the numbers have just been flooding in. And I think it's a combination of all of that that has caused the problem. Um, But what we are doing within Access to Work, if you've got a job to start within the next four weeks, your application will be prioritised. Or if you are applying for renewal, so you've already got access to work and it's going to run out, your application will also be prioritised. So we've put in some steps to try and protect the employment and we've brought in additional staff. There's nearly 150 new staff have been brought in to support access to work and they are working overtime as well. So loads of measures are in place and we are you know, desperately trying to get that backlog down because we've done all this work to bring people in. So we wanna make sure they get that support now. That sounds really promising to me. And just, just a wee technical question, if there is say someone's support has run out and it's taken a little while for it to be renewed, will they get usually get that, that, that time in between that this, the payment might have stopped? Will, will, will that be covered? Yeah, as, as long as they still they need that support, it yeah. will be covered. Yeah. Lovely. Excellent. Is there, um just, just to finish with, is there anything you, you want to say that, that has not been covered so far that you'd like people to know about? 
Yeah, that, I mean, we've got some really exciting things happening in Access to Work. So something we've been testing in universities to help disabled students coming out of university and moving into the world of work is an adjustments passport. So we've been testing this in three universities in um, Wolverhampton, Match Ma Manchester Metropolitan and King's College London. And what is happening is that students are completing the passports with their students' officers. So any support that they've had at university, whether it's through a disabled student's allowance or the university has put support in place, capturing all that support down so that then the students got that information so that when they go to see an employer, they can say, this is the support I've had in the past. This is the support I will need in the future. And also raising awareness of access to work because we found a lot of students were not aware of access to work and also employers so we're trying to sort of bridge that gap with the passport and then if the student is happy that that passport has captured all the needs that they are going to need in the world of work they can then use that for their access to work application so that we can get the support put in place quicker rather than having to go through on the assessment route so we've we've been testing it for a year we've had really great feedback on it and we will hopefully be able to roll that out but at the same time in our job centers we've introduced what we're calling the health adjustments passport. And this means if you're a disabled job seeker, you can have a conversation with your work coach, get the passport completed, and that will enable the work coach to then send you to the appropriate job for you, and also raise with the employer that you will need support and the type of support you will need. So it stops any of those difficult conversations and also takes away some of the embarrassment because we have been told, you know, particularly from students, that they don't like telling employers they have a disability. Whereas yeah. if they've got something with them that says, I've got this, I've got the support, it's not going to be an issue. It's building that confidence. So really great things that are happening in that space. That sounds absolutely amazing because one of the other nightmares people have is and they start a job and they've not got the support in place till like weeks and weeks and weeks into a job, which is difficult. It's hard enough starting a new job and then not having the support in place just makes it really challenging. So that sounds really promising. Yeah, so lots of activity in that space. We've done a lot of work in the self-employment area. So particularly for disabled um, contractors and freelancers, again, they can use the passport, but we've also introduced for them a flexible application. Now, what that means is if you are working as a contractor or freelancer, obviously you have a contract for a period of time, then you may not have another contract for another three or four months. So currently what happens is you put in your application, you'll get support for three months, then it ends. Then when you get your next job, you have to reapply and start from the beginning again. With the flexible application, what that will mean is that the contractor or freelancer will put in their application, support will be awarded for three years, and you'll be able to turn it on and turn it off as you move between jobs. So a bit like furlough. So when you're in work, you will get support, then it will lay dormant until your next contract starts, and then it will reactivate as soon as you move into the new area of work. Wow, that's incredible. That 
kind of flexibility was missing in access to work even though the support you get is amazing but it was just this level of flexibility was missing and it's so encouraging to hear that's in place yeah and one final thing and then there's well, something well, else <laughs> you shouldn't have started here oh wow <laughs> we are also currently delivering a pilot known as access to work plus now, Access to Work Plus is really targeted at those individuals who need an awful lot of work, um, support to get into work. So these will be people who need more than the current Access to Work. Um, so we're introducing an enhanced level of support for these individuals that brings in things like supervision and ongoing job coaching. So rather than job coaching sort of stopping after 26 weeks, this can be indefinite. But at the same time, recognising that an employer may have difficulties, obviously, because if you've got somebody who needs a lot of support, it may affect the scope and the pace of the job that they're able to do. Mm -hmm. So where an employer is willing to flex that job and make adjustments to enable that individual to work, there is for the first time some funding that is available for that employer if they are willing to do that adaption to the job role to enable that individual to work. So it's only in the pilot stage at the moment. So we're getting some interesting case studies of individuals who've never been able to work since they've left school and now sort of approaching 30 are moving into work for the first time. So some really positive outcomes that we'll probably be able to share with you next time. That sounds incredible. And for that scheme, do you have particular employers that you work with or would it just be on a, would it be down to the candidate to find an employer that'd be willing to under, you know, to, to take part in that kind of scheme? So it's open to all employers. Um, we have been working with the um, disability confident employers to raise awareness of that. And we've also been working with some social enterprises that, again, to raise awareness. But the offer is open to any employer. But those are the sort of key areas where we've been targeting our, our sort of focus on. Fantastic. Um, great. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure um, having you, Debbie and Ian, uh, on this session. and letting us know how access to work operates um and also the the new exciting um developments that that have, that have taken place um can you just just before we finish how would somebody um where would they go if they wanted to get the ball rolling with access to work so to, to get the ball rolling with access to work uh people would need to um if they want to apply go onto the gov.uk page and search access to work or just to find out a bit more or to ask an advice or, or for more information they can contact the access to work helpline uh, between nine to five Monday to Friday and um, all the contact details are available on the gov.uk page but just for ease the phone number is 0800 121 7479. Fantastic. Great. Um, thank you, Ian. Thank you, Debbie, so much for joining us on this session. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, Robin, that's great, isn't it? I, I mean, I, I think that it's really important, and particularly I'm sure listeners will get this sense, that you know, it's quite difficult for the Department of Work and Pensions to talk about access to work in a disability event. It, 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 there's a lot of questions in there that, 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 that they need to answer on an ongoing basis. And we're talking to the 
you know, the civil servants who are attempting to make sense of policies. Um, I felt uh, quite apart from the quality of the information that's in there, I think it's worth saying that I was very pleased that TechShare Pro for them provided a, a space that they could connect with the disability community. That, that Addy, mm-hmm. who is a user of access to work and is really familiar with its, you know, its, its good and bad sort of features that they were able to connect with him. And, you know, and on behalf of AbilityNet, um, you know, it's important, access to work is important to us as an employer as well. So I really love that mix. And of course, there's some great nuggets in there. There's some sort of sense of direction in terms of the way that technology is being adopted within the workplace. Um, and I, and I know that we're going to continue to be connecting in with the DWP and, and, and potentially, you know, bring them back next year, find out more about access to work as the scheme evolves in relation to technology. Um, I thought that was a really brilliant session to have um, brought together for us. Um, and I'm it's, hoping people found it really interesting. Yeah, it's great that the scheme is uh, evolving to embrace the newer technologies that didn't exist before, but are actually pivotal now. Yeah. They're key, particularly when you know you're home working. In the case of Adi and myself, who can't see, you haven't got a pair of eyes to call over um, when you need them, and just that extra level of support. So it's yeah, embracing new ways of doing things, including a paperless finally what's the year <laughs> a paperless yeah. process yeah but... well it's crazy that was in the pandemic as well you know i, I yeah, had to sign, i'm Addy's line manager so that won't have been obvious but i you know i have to sign off his 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 claims on pieces of paper so they have to be mailed to me um you know yes it's uh, that that bit of it the administration of it is you know but guess really what couldn't it's couldn't still not it <laughs> by default it's on request I so know. anyway, but yeah, at least it's an option now. And I say everyone should request that if it's only for the for the sake of the trees. Cool. Yes. Nice one. That was really good. You Thank you, Mark. It was great, wasn't it? Let's speak soon. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the AbilityNet podcast. If you'd like more information about how you can make your websites and mobile apps more accessible, easier to use by all, and compliant with current legislation, you can speak with AbilityNet's accessibility experts. Just head over to www.abilitynet.org.uk slash accessibility hyphen services. Thanks again for tuning in and more hot discussions around accessibility will be coming soon.